Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Glory Room. I'm Prophetess Lou. I hope you all are having a blessed day. Let's get started. Word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you so much, Father God, for breathing life into us, for allowing us to see another day we never seen. Father God, we ask you the sins that we did yesterday. Please forgive us. Father God, help us to be whole. Help us to walk the way you want us to walk. Help us to listen to you, Father God. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Father God, as we partake in your word, Father God, help us to hear your voice as you point out things that you want us to apply to our life. Father God, we're we're reading this devotional or reading your word, Father God, help us apply the word to our life. Help us to change. Help us to want to change. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I actually bless the ones that are hearing this devotional and the ones that are reading the devotional. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Let's get started. Key verse today is Romans 11, 29. For the gift and the calling of God are irrevocable. Subject, irrevocable calling. Affirmations, I'm going to say it and pause behind each one to give you opportunity to say it if you like. I am waiting. I am a soldier. I am called. I am anointed. What is your purpose? What is your calling? We can sit around and wait for our life to pass by and the opportunity to do God's will for our, for our, for our life. We, we can wait all our lives and ignore what he says. He has a plan. He has a plan for us and what he wants for us. We can ignore it. But when we ignore the plans of God and we ignore what he says, our life will become uncomfortable. Our life will seem like something is off. Why? Because we have put every piece of ourselves into something else bigger, a bigger career, a better home, a stronger marriage, college, everything else. We have thrown ourselves into, but not into the calling he has placed in us. When Jesus came to disciples, each one was doing something. Matthew 4, 18 through 20 says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter. His brother Andrew. Simon called Peter, his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send out to, to fish for people. I will send you out to, to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and followed him. Peter and Andrew were fishing, making a living, doing their daily routine. And Jesus was walking and saw them and said, Follow me. See, calling doesn't involve us waiting or doing something extravagant. Some of us are called doing what we are doing now. And some of us want to leave our jobs and everything behind, but God wants us to draw the people that are around you. He wants you to use use your life, our life, to allow others to see his glory. Paul was stopped from harming others. He was told, this is what you do now. Paul was against everything. His whole life had to be different. But Jesus changed him. You see, Jesus took his time and taught him and changed him to be his vessel. Acts 9, 20 through 22 says, at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the son of God. Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. When we are called, we are called right where we are and we are called to move only when God tells us. See, we can wait a lifetime to move and God isn't asking us that. He's asking us to change the world around us. In order to do that, we must change first. God isn't going to pour his anointing into a dirty vessel. In order for him to pour into us, we must submit and accept his calling. If you're running from your calling, don't. It took me years to accept what God wanted me to do with my life. But the moment I accepted it, it was nothing but peace. Romans eleven twenty nine 29, for the gifts of the calling of God are irrevocable. <clears throat> See, it, <clears throat> it says here, the gifts and the calling of God has only each one can't be changed. It can't be removed. 
we must accept the calling of God. God called David, and he waited to become king. David had things he had to learn before he stopped, stepped into his position as king. But in his waiting and learning, he grew in God. And he trusted in God. In order to walk in your calling, you must trust in God. Samuel was a man that was a prophet. He anointed two kings. God used Samuel so much because Samuel was a willing vessel. We must be willing to do what God needs from us. In this life, we can't go and do what we want and expect God's hand to follow. No, we must follow the hand of God to guide us. These are the steps to take to know your calling. One, pray. Two, submit. Three, trust. Four, wait. And five, listen. That's it. Short, straight to the point. We make things difficult. God doesn't. We make it difficult when we try to do God's do try to do God's plan our way and not His. Today, if you feel that you are being called, ask God. If you feel that you haven't been listening and you haven't done, you have done all all everything on your own. Tell him, if you feel that you aren't doing enough and you need to do more, ask God, what can you do? Our lives belong to God, not us. I know it's hard to sometimes see people around you do more or to walk in their calling, but wait on God and don't allow what you see to lead you wrong. Wait and trust in God. Prayer. Heavenly Father, please help us to walk in our calling and not to walk away. <clears throat> Father, we ask you to help us not to feel weighed down, but to feel honored. Lord, forgive us of our sins. Help us to seek you alone. Lord, you have given us opportunity to serve you. Forgive us if we have done anything to make you unhappy or to grieve the Holy Spirit. Help us to be patient on the process of learning who we are. Each and every day, walk with us, Lord, and show us your ways, and we want to lean on your understanding, not our own. We give you everything. We ask you to lead, and we will follow, Lord. We need you so much today. We ask you to help us to be compassionate to everyone. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So the topic today is ir irrevocable calling. Sorry, let me see if my phone is turned on silent. Okay, it actually was. Um, subject today, irrevocable calling. We all have a calling on our life. Um, some people have naturally walked in that calling immediately. Some of us have ran from God like it's hide and seek for years. Some of us are just still uncomfortable with the idea of being called. Some of us think that we are going to be called immediately to a pulpit. But let me tell you something. Just because you're in a pulpit or just because God called you doesn't mean that's what he's going to have you to do. I thought when he was calling me, I was going to be over a church. I was going to be over something big, which this is not saying this is not big, but like I thought it was just going to be like massive. And he's like, no. You're going to do podcasting. I'm like, okay, I, I could do that. And first it was devotionals. First he had me writing devotionals. I wasn't comfortable because I, I can't write, but the Holy Spirit in me writes for me, not me. So then he was like podcasting. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't speak. I type. He's like, no, you're speaking. I'm paraphrasing the conversation. But his calling was for me to give the word to people, it, give it to them on paper, give it to them uh, through their, their radios. He, anyway, he wanted me to give him out. I gave it out because it was his calling for my life. No, this is not what I pictured. But I'm going to be honest with you. The joy that I get from teaching people and the responses that I get and the different answers, questions I get, I enjoy helping people better their relationship with Christ. 
I know I am walking in the will of God. And that's basically a calling is walking in the will of God towards the direction that he wants you to walk. Do you think Peter and Andrew thought that Peter was going to be this guy that everyone wants to step in his shadow? Do everybody thought that Peter, the, the one that denied him three times, could be the guy that 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 touched a guy and tell him, I don't have gold, I have not, but I have this, and had him to stand up and he was healed? Do you think that guy was, everybody thought that's how that story was going to go? No. But who knows how your life is going to go until you give yourself fully into God. See, it, it's a thing that that's, that's why we're going to go over these steps, but I'm going to jump to one of the steps that, that we're going to go over. That's why you have to submit, which is number two, to God. These are in no order. I don't want anyone messaging me about it. It's not in order. It's just how I wrote it, how the Holy Spirit had me write it. But that's how you have to do. You have to submit yourself. Peter went from a coward to now vocal. Can you imagine that? Paul went from killing people to now saving souls. Can you imagine? David went from leading flock and sheep and singing on top of mountains, songs of God, to then leading armies. Could you imagine? Stuttering Moses. Da -da 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 -da. Is now leading the Israelites out of Egypt. See, people look at who you are. People look at what you have. People look at what you did. But God looks what's in the inside. Hmm? God looks at what you're carrying. God looks at what he can mold you to be if you're a submissive vessel. That's why people are able to do some of the things you do. You, you, you see people do. You see people lay hands on people and, and anoint this person and able to blow and people fall out and some people are like oh that's fake you can't say that's fake don't put your mouth on that when people do that and they're able to have that that gift or that calling to be able to heal multiple people that is a gift from god and honestly that particular thing there anyone can do if they submit themselves is back to submitting but my point is is that when we submit ourselves to god we become amazing mighty people you would be surprised who you are. If my old self seen me today, she would laugh. She'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> Not you. No, it got you. That's what she would probably say. She was just that ignorant. But I would love to go back and tell my old self that he loves you. And he cares for you. He doesn't hate you. Where you are now in your life, wherever rough stage you're in, wherever dry season you're in, wherever season you're in in your life, remember this, that God can take you and change you. It doesn't matter what other people around you say about you. It doesn't matter what everyone say you're not going to be. It matters what God thinks of you. If every person that's called is in the pulpit, Listen to someone that was telling them that they couldn't. These people would have never done it. Stop listening to the enemy lies and the lies he feed others to feed to you. Are you going to eat the lies of, of them? Or are you going to eat the bread of life? Got to choose. So let's look at real quickly before we get started with our reference, the, the different list of things. I do these lists so everyone can really see that this is it. It's not that simple. Do not take that away from it. But I do that so you can see 
These are the things that you must do to know your calling. Okay, one is pray. You have to talk to God. You have to find out what his will is for your life. You cannot be walking and doing whatever you want to do and say, oh, I, this is what God called me to be. Oh, God told you what you want to be? No, this is what I thought he wanted me to do because I'm great at it. No. No, that's why we have people in the pulpit that shouldn't be. That's why we have people in the pulpit that have certificates that shouldn't be because they wasn't really called. They just thought this is what they should do. No. People used to look at the pulpit as a thing that they'd be frightened of. They, they wouldn't even go in and play in it. But now we have people in there playing in the pulpit, playing church. I always pray for the ones that's in the pulpit that shouldn't be. Because those are the people that are not feeding the sheep of God. They're not feeding them. And the thing is that they have the, have the congregation so blinded that they, the congregation think that they're getting fed the bread of life, and they're not. Must be careful. Must pray. You don't want to do anything out of will of God. Submit. We're going to go back to submit. Must submit yourself to God. And one person said, what do submitting look like? That means everything in your life, your career, your love life, your your <clears throat> your bills, your finances, what you buy, what you do, all that goes around to God. You submit your mind to God. You submit your heart to God. And when you do these things, you stay away from the things of the flesh. Because the more you keep touching the things of the flesh, the more tainted your relationship get. And the more tainted the anointing get. If you are carrying the anointing of God, I always say this. I probably sound like a beaten record. But if you're carrying the anointing of God, be careful what you touch and be careful what you do. Point blank period. You must be careful because you can dwindle the anointing of God. He won't take it away. He just lay it doormat. Oh, I just, he's going to say, paraphrasing, not saying this is what God says, just paraphrasing. He's going to say, okay, I'm just going to leave this doormat until she's ready. Because right now she's not. Right now he's not. Okay, third thing is trust. We must trust in God. You cannot expect to walk in the calling of God if you don't trust in him. Well, I don't trust God like that. I just, uh, some things I trust him with, but not this. Not this. I have to do this on my own. No. Everything you must do with God. Everything. Your health, your finances, your mind, your, what you're thinking, what you want to do, what you want to go to. These are the things matter because you can go somewhere God didn't tell you to go to. You can marry someone God told you not to marry. You see? So everything must be trusted into God, that God knows everything. If he created the sea, he created the moon and the stars and the sun. So why wouldn't you trust someone that did that? Everybody always look at someone's resume. Oh, let me, let me look at your resume. Let me look at your resume. It's not much on my resume because I start my, my parents started a business for me, and I've been in that business for almost 16 years. So it's not too much to my resume. But if you look at someone that's been to this job, to that job, to this job, and that job, and that job, you're like, oh, and then they stayed on one job long, long, long time. And you look at that and you're like, okay, this person know what they're doing. Oh, they went to college. Oh, they got 4.0 average. Oh, man, they 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 part of the semi kaladi group thingy at college. Sorry, I don't know how to pronounce it. So please don't bash me about not knowing how to pronounce that. But this person got it going on on their resume. They have everything laid out from top to bottom. So 
So this is the person you got to hire over the person that sitting over there that never had a job. You need someone that knows what they're doing. So you got to trust in this person to show up every day. You got to trust in this person to do their job. So why don't you trust the resume of God? He has showed us throughout the whole Bible that you can trust me. He has showed you in the Bible that other people have trusted him. So his resume speaks for itself. So what are you waiting on? What are you so afraid of? Are you afraid you're not going to be the person you think you are? Because that's the thing. We think we are these people and we're not. We are not who we think we are until we get to know Christ and he shows you this is who you are. Your true identity is in him. Not in this makeup identity that people like to label you as. But you are who he said you are that's in him. Second thing is wait. We must wait on God. You must wait because God wants to teach you. He wants to prune you. He wants to show you the way. And I think I have done, the Holy Spirit had me do a, a, a devotional on the calling. But people seem to think that once you do something wrong, that those gifts are revocable. They are revocable. When you walk in your calling with God, you have a calling. God can take you down from that calling if you're not doing what you're supposed to do. God can take those gifts away and lay them doormat, but he's not going to take them away. Why? Because those callings and the, those gifts are assigned to you. And he wants you to have them, but he's not going to let you keep them if you're not willing to keep a holy and righteous life. We have to understand that. So no, your gifts aren't revocable, but they can lay doormat where you can't reach them. You can't access them. The only way to access them is that you do the steps. That's right here. You basically have to learn your whole calling again. You have to learn what he has for you in your life. Last one is listen. A lot of us don't listen. We refuse to listen to God because we feel like, oh, I know what I want to do. Oh, I know he's going to say, oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. You don't say anything. I got this. No, stop and listen. I had God to tell me, the Holy Spirit told me to tell someone something just the other day. And I was like, no, I don't feel comfortable giving that. And he's like, you don't? Just like that. And my sister heard me say it out loud. She said, you're going to have to give that. You're going to have to give that word. Whatever he told you to do, you got to do it. And normally I'm okay with, I, I normally do it. I was going to do it. But I was uncomfortable because I didn't know how the person would react. And so I'd rather be have that person mad at me than have God. And this lady always used to tell me, she's obedience is better than a sacrifice, baby. She said, obedience is better than a sacrifice, baby. That's how she used to say it. And I'm like, I am obeying him. She said, I'm just telling you, obeying is better than a sacrifice. And I heard her say it. And I looked at the lady, looked at the young lady, and I gave her the word. And I left it. Left it where it said. Because when God called you to do something, whether it's tiny or big, you must do it. You must listen to him and do it, whether you feel uncomfortable about it or not. Because at the end of the day, you do not want to obey, disobey God at any point in your life. Because when you do, and he asks you not to do something, or he asks you to do something, and you do the complete opposite, you will regret it. Okay? So let's try to look at our references real quick. I'm just going to read them how off. I'm not going to go to the NLT. Um, well, I might got time. Let's go to Romans 8 and 28. If you got your Bible, go to Romans 8 and 28. Romans 8 and 28. 
Romans 8.28 in NLT, NLT version says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. NIV says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. When you do the will of God, when you do the purpose that God has placed in your life, everything will go great. Everything will work out. It's nothing in your life you have to worry about. It's nothing in your life you have to say, oh, this failed or this lacked. No, everything will work together for your good because you are walking in the will of God. You're not being disobedient. It will be an overflow in your life and people will wonder, how are you okay? How are you doing this? How are you doing that? Because you are walking in the purpose of God. Because everything works out for those who do things according to his purpose, his purpose, his purpose, his purpose, not your purpose. Okay? Because a lot of times we think, oh, I'm going to do this half of what he says. I'm going to do the rest of what I say. No, it says his purpose. That's why you're having problems because you're doing it your purpose, not his purpose. Look at Proverbs 19.27. If you have your Bible, go to Proverbs 19 and 27. Proverbs 1927. In the NLT, NLT version, it says, If you stop listening to instructions, my child, you will turn your back on knowledge. Proverbs 1927 in NIV, many are the plans in the, plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Did I get the right one? Yeah. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but is it the it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. We can have any plans we want. We can say, I'm going to Cancun, I'm going to Rome, I'm going to Paris, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm gonna build me a house. Don't matter. Because if those plans aren't the plans that God gave you, won't stand. Because only God plans will stand. Now, if you say, well, the Holy Spirit's going to have a house next year. Uh, so I'm going to get to looking at real estate. Or I'm going to go to school this year because the Holy Spirit told me to go to school this year. Or the Holy Spirit told me to go to uh, New York and teach. Those plans will stand. Because everything, God will order the steps of a righteous man because those steps are already concurred with him. He had already told you what he wanted from you. He already told you what to do. So your steps will be ordered by him, which connects with this verse, that you, the purpose in your life will stand because they are his purpose, not your purpose. Everyone will be like, I finally found my purpose in life. But did you find it through Jesus? Is this what Jesus want you to do? Is this his purpose for you? Because if you don't have that purpose that God told you to do, I don't care if you make it millions and millions a year. It will only stand a little while. And the next thing you know, it will vanish. It will only do this because he will tell you. So you come, he, people don't think that God talks to sinners. And he, he don't. But he do give them the notion of, or somewhere in their life to say, oh, hey, have you talked, you know, do you worship? Do you pray? And they, they probably say, no, no, I don't do that. But it's planet. So one day when they're probably drinking or sitting down watching TV, they're like, huh, uh, I don't know why I'm thinking about God. <laughs> and that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. They thought about it. That seed was planted. And so God has already given them the notion like, okay, you need to turn around. 
your riches, you know, you have all these riches, you need to turn around. See, the devil can give us what we want. And we keep buying into this thing of lies that he says we can get whatever we want. But at what cost? Is it our souls? We must be careful. So the rich, some, some rich people, not all rich people, some rich people, riches are built on lies of Satan and lies they allow Satan to feed them. Then you have some rich people that, that has a good amount of money and they, they, they lean on God. A lot of people like say, oh, all rich people are evil. All rich people. No, you can't say that. I can't sit here and say that just because someone's rich, they, they're evil. No, I can't make that judgment. Neither can you. All we can do is pray for someone's soul. So what we need to start doing here is praying for their soul and most importantly, pray for our own. I think I'm running out of time. We're going to stop right there. And I want everyone to understand that knowing your calling with God is important. But you must have a relationship with him. He could probably tell you in the beginning, this is what I want you to do. But not right now. I need you to stay with me. Well, well why can't I go out? You don't know anything. He's not going to say it like that. You don't know anything. You don't know the Bible. You, you don't. You don't pray. You don't meditate. He needs to show you that these are the good things to do. He's going to guide you to show you that you need to pray. You need to meditate. You need to fast. You need to do these things. But some of us are so stuck on, I want a calling. I want a calling. He has your calling, but you must be willing to submit your time into him so that he can start guiding you along the way. Okay, uh, I pray you all have a, a blessed day. Remember, Jesus loved you. Remember, the the calling only takes time. Knowing your calling only takes time, and keeping your gifts is not the hard part, but keeping your hands and doing and keeping your eyes off things that are fleshly can cost you gifts that can go doormat. So be careful what you do with your gifts, with your time, and your relationship with God. Trust him because he knows the way. Okay. Have a blessed day. Remember, Jesus loves you. I love you too. Okay. Bye.